This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What is poppin' everybody, and welcome back to another episode of my only, of the Only <laughs> Friends Podcast. He got we're, himself. Yeah. We're out here, sitting. With my only friends. It's literally well, your only friend at this point. It's yeah, just, well, just, just Lamanna. Just me. I'm your only friend, man. Wait, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you, I lost it. You, you bought everybody uh, or Melissa criticized your intro one time and now it's gone. Yep. I didn't even I know. realize you were, you were thinking it. ahead. You were thinking fast when you were speaking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. First, first time ever. No, I just actually forgot it. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're thinking about day two. I get it. I got things to do, man. Yeah. Got tournaments, man. Got four point one well, million. Well, it was a good run, Conrad. It's it's been nice having you as a host. I'll be taking back over the duties tomorrow. I appreciate you as always as my new number one. I mean, we just lost half the viewers already. I don't think so, man. We got some juicy, <laughs> juicy topics of conversation today. Uh, our main focuses uh, on on today's show are going to be the two biggest things that are happening in the poker space right now, which is this WPT thirty million dollar championship event. Woo! 30 million in the prize pool. Like, How did they pull this off? Like three months ago, we were talking like, I don't know, man. It's pretty lofty setting a $15 million guarantee mm -hmm. for a 10K. <laughs> yeah. Hope they don't have to cancel the People guarantee. People don't play 10Ks anymore. <laughs> Hope they don't cancel the guarantee last minute. It's not re-entry. What? How? It is re Oh, it's no. Per flight. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's... it's, it's imagine a if you got one re-entry per flight. No. I don't want to imagine such a thing. <laughs> Uh, I actually really like the structure. I like it. Like I, I'm not saying they should do that. Yeah. I'm just saying if they did, it would, they would have got. 4, I think in general, this should be the structure moving forward for all main events and outside the main. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I'm the, saying like all, I'm saying all events main. that are currently reentry that are are uh, quote unquote main events for tours. I like it. I think yeah. that this should be the structure, and uh, if if you're worried about like bolstering prize pools try to just add extra days. Like, if this were four-day ones, I wouldn't be upset. They got mm -hmm. fucking 1,300 people yesterday. Yeah. We set the over-under at 937. I was stealing from Chin. Oh, he didn't even get, show up today. He's so embarrassed. Did you get paid? <laughs> Brian gets paid. Ah, uh, okay. So, no, I didn't get paid yet. I <laughs> sent right. him a Venmo request. I'm still waiting. <laughs> Make sure you get him for double. He owes you an I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, Goddamn right. Yeah. Uh, Landon owes you ten dollars too. Ten uh, bucks uh, of the twenty that I owe you. <laughs> 10, ten has been shifted off onto Landon. <laughs> Why do you have right. like revolving numbers? Well, I, I owe Landon twenty. Right, so I'll just right, right, yeah. him for one hundred. Yeah, even. yeah, yeah. Every there time. we go. Now, all now right. we've got it all solved out. I, I don't remember what it was that we bet, but uh, he said something stupid. <laughs> and uh, I, I laid him like nine to one on something that was never going to happen. Man, I wish I could remember what it was. Uh, it was it was for oh that Helmuth would rematch. Oh my god, Helmuth has never rematched. I, I said it was oh, zero. Right. I, I said it was yes. zero percent. He goes, lay me nine to one. Then I was like, booked. I'll, I'll yeah. take my ten dollars. Right. He, he said great. he's not rematching. Uh, I mean, he hasn't, but there uh, there's an open call for new competitors. Mm. So uh, that that yeah. phone's ringing. Let me tell you, he was off the hook. <laughs> like, the, the crazy thing is he tried to he tried to like shirk the the bet a little bit and to, to be fair i think he was being honest in uh what he remembered but what i said is there's no circumstance under which helmuth would rematch win or lose because he had the option to exit if he won mm -hmm. and he tried saying to me oh what i said was if he won he would for sure ego battle jason again and i was like okay well i think I hope, anyway, you can agree that that absolutely wouldn't be fucking true when the man could just exit the arena having beat a world-class player and yeah. collecting 1.6 million. Mm -hmm. But in any event, like, just go back and look at the tape. I definitely said, like, under no circumstance would he rematch. It's like, if he doesn't rematch when he loses, he's certainly not going to rematch when he wins and gets the chance to just bail. Come on, Bill. Let's do it, man. Oh, man. Could you imagine? Let's, <laughs> let's get that up on State Kings. What do you think he can sell? About 1.3? 1. 1.4? 1. Yeah. <laughs> sell out instantly <laughs> christ um so i want to give i want to give huge props to wpt obviously we've been doing it all week and um you know uh though this was uh something that we also helped promote being a part of the wpt global campaign for the better part of a month and you know them being a, a feature sponsor on the pod uh 
uh, I would be singing their praises regardless at this point. Like there, there's there's nothing bad you can say about this event, the way it's structured, uh, the way it's been managed. I think top to bottom, this is what a world-class event looks like. This is something that everyone who has ever been dealt in that has aspirations of playing somewhat seriously will aspire to be in this event. Yeah. And that's what you're trying to drum up, right? That's what the World Series has done such a fantastic job of with the main event. That prestige, that uh, you know, selling of hope is annually the biggest talking point in all of poker. This will start to rival that. Yep. It's year one, and they've created half the prize pool of the main event. Um, Slightly less, but like forty yeah, percent. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It, it's not fully fair because you can you can reenter three times, right? Where the main event is a strict freeze out. Strict freeze so out. It's, so it's, straight it's, seven thousand people. Unique. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really tough to do. So yeah. not to take anything away from the WSOP main event, but still, right. I mean, they still like what other. 10k event outside of the main event yeah i think there was 2976 runners yeah uh without knowing fully i would imagine somewhere in the neighborhood of half or unique yeah maybe i would even, think maybe even more maybe 60 percent. possibly yeah. it's it's tough to say mm -hmm. uh and obviously it's a tough calculation because it's like players who are willing to re-enter bag right right, right. so it's like that yeah. reduces that number mm -hmm. players that aren't willing to re-enter uh you know just don't and right. then they fire off another satellite so it's tough uh what were you gonna say I think I cut you off. No? Um, nah, you're good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, uh, my experience so far with the staff at WPT, obviously, I've been playing them for over a decade, and I've always thought very highly of their staff, uh, as I do with WSOP as well. Like, they're always very welcoming to the quote-unquote regulars, which I think is really important in this industry. Word of mouth goes so far, more so in our industry than any other. Right, like if nothing else, look at our platform, the, the way that we've built this organically. The fact that we've done this through no paid marketing, no real advertisement. Uh, and granted, we're not the biggest thing in poker, but you know, it really is a word of mouth type of industry. Uh, I think that it's really critical to, uh, to recognize and pay homage to good service when we see it. And we're always hypercritical of the WSOP while it's going on. And whenever it's really good, we kind of don't say anything <laughs> right. because we're so wrapped up in playing 50 days worth of events. Yeah. Uh, I thought Sean Deeb, uh, he did an interview with maybe Sarah Herring, I think. Uh, and she was asking, like, is this the new main event? And I thought his take was actually really sharp where uh, it was like, listen, this is a very special festival. And this is unique in and of itself and doesn't really compare to much else. But no, it's not the main event. No, it's not the World Series because they do it for 45 days while every single casino in town is competing against them. Right. Yeah. Trying to run complimentary events, something, yeah. you know, to, to draw the, the eyes away. So um, huge props to both organizations. I think that they're crushing it. I think they're moving tournament poker forward in the live realm in a way that honestly, we are a part of a second boom and we just don't recognize it yet. Yeah. Um, even the high roller, the 25K that Rampage won, 109 100, entries, yeah, that's a lot. 108 entries, something like that. That's that's unfathomable mm -hmm. for a Las Vegas, Nevada 25k. Like the the ones poker go run average 30 players, best in the world, you yeah. know. Um, so I, I think that you know we should really give everybody their shine and and you know pay a lot of respects to the WPT, their staff, and everything that they've done. Really proud of uh, the effort that they put in. With that said, the payouts have been launched. So I'm going to give my, my little tiny uh, bit of criticism. And it's not even really criticism. It's just something that I would like to see the industry in and of itself change. Um, I spoke about this over the summer when the housewarming payouts were, were announced. And a couple of the other big ones, I think the Millionaire Maker and a few others, uh, where you get these massive prize pools with a huge field. And granted, this is 3,000 people. We've seen bigger fields. 20,000 fields in this right. crazy uh, but, small buy-in WSOP events. Right. But this is a 10K. A 3,000 field 10K is unheard of outside yeah. of the main. Yeah. And I've said this about the main event too. Uh, so pull up that Savage tweet. We can see what the total prize pool was. So it looks like it's just around 29 million, almost 29 million flat. 4.1 first. Uh, huge, huge payout. 4.1 million to first place. This is the biggest, uh, the biggest payout in a 10K. Top six make a million dollars. Yep. So that's the TV final table. 
the actual final table itself is eight-handed. Uh, this is the biggest 10K payout structure that we see outside of the main again. Uh, so no shock. Uh, my, my nudge to those who make these decisions within the industry is to uh, just pull a little bit of that money off the top. Flatten this final table payout structure. And maybe they're hesitant to do it for TV purposes. Like, you know, if it was, we... It was very clear that they, they wanted it to be a million to sixth place. Yeah, I mean, obviously, which is fine. Right. What I'm suggesting is actually it's a million to eighth place. Hmm. Um, so I think that we can go flatter, flatter the within top, the final the like, three, three tables. Yeah, uh, yeah the, flatten out the top three. Disperse that money amongst the top... Uh, the, the top 30 players, top 20 players, something like that. Mm -hmm. Because like when you make these epic runs in an event this monumental uh, where the field size is huge, the risk is huge, right? Like once you start to get within 50 players, the risk that you're actually playing for there is massive. And we, we, we don't think about that because we don't have an option to, right? It's not like we can just chop 50 ways or anything along those lines. So there's no way to get out of the arena, you're just in there gambling for more money than you can really stomach. Um, I think it's really critical to, to, to reward those who make deep runs that very likely played well for three, four, five days, but, you know, got unlucky because somebody has to. Um, so, you know, the, the payout table that I'm kind of suggesting is a little bit more flat from uh, in the money to say you know, the top 5% of the pool. So not much in the way of pay jumps there. So I think they're paying 12 and percent. So like, you know, top 370 all the way to maybe like the top 100, not a huge pay jump, right? Let's, let's, let's give a min cash 15 K let's give like, you know, hundred and first place, like 28 K something like that. Not, nothing, <clears throat> nothing too major here until we get down to the final 5%. And now we start to incrementally increase these pay jumps. Something to the effect of, um, you know, when you start to get down to the final three tables, so call it, uh, or maybe the final four tables, so call it like the final 32, um, you start to see us creep into that 100K range. And to be fair, the structure as it is, if you want to pull out the payout or pull up the payout table, uh, the structure as it stands, I believe, does have 40th place making 100K. Yes, it does. Uh, and you can see like a suggested uh, number to the side. At first blush, I thought that the suggested payout table was better. Um, but upon like looking at it a little bit closer, it's not that much of a change. It's just less to first, second, third. Uh, and that kind of disperses out amongst the bottom. So you see it uh, being a little bit more within the... the uh, I guess the final 200 ish, but it's, it's negligible. Like you're giving an extra three K to place 283. I don't think that's important. I actually like the payout table, uh, as Savage or whoever's doing it, uh, has done whenever you're looking at the bottom. So you don't really see a significant pay jump. You don't double your, your min cash until pretty close top to what 100. you suggested. Yeah. It's actually very close <laughs> to what I suggested. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the bottom I think looks really great. Um, I think where it can change is uh, even like 40th to 32nd place, I think looks great. I think now when you start to look at uh, 32 down to eight, we can, uh, we can get them a bigger payoff by taking money off the top. So I think it's very feasible to get seventh place like 1.1, to get eighth place a million, uh, to get ninth place like 800K. Um, and I, I put a suggested tweet out to Savage yesterday, but to be fair, I hadn't like actually combed through all the numbers. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I suggested that eighth place got a million, seventh place got 1.1, sixth place got like 1.25, fifth place gets 1.5, fourth place gets 1.75, third gets 2 million, second gets 2.5, and first gets 3 million. Uh, and that ends up equating to like half the prize pool, which is... Uh, a little or right around what they're actually paying out to the final eight now uh it's just dispersed differently right it's a lot flatter eight to one than this is they create you know a pretty hefty pay jump here between eighth and and sixth so when you're on that final table when you get to the unofficial final table of eight you're on a really big money bubble here 
Well, it's huge. Yeah, huge. It's a, it's a half double a, your money half between a, half a million yeah. between eighth and sixth. Literally doubling your money between eighth and sixth. That's a big, big, big pay jump, uh, and it does create pretty big. Uh, okay. It's yeah. hot as fucking. Oh, dude, not you. Mid. You got, always sweat, man. It's sixty nine degrees in here. I got a it is not sixty nine. <laughs> if it is sixty nine degrees in here, I need to do, go do something. You need to go do something. There I saw you no. yesterday. You you were just leaking. What, was, what happened yesterday? I don't know, man. You stood up and you were literally leaking. Oh, because like, it's hot as fucking here. It's 69 degrees. That's it's not, not hot si for anybody. Did somebody tell them it's not 69 degrees in here? 70. <laughs> 70. My apologies. These lights are hot. My apologies. <laughs> These lights, they're LEDs. <laughs> hot. I don't know what's going on here. Everybody's in a fucking hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Guapo had to go into storage and get extra layers. It was 62 when he was in here. Good. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Connor would have been comfortable. I would have. Um, all right. Anyway, the, the, my, my final thoughts on the payout is just that, like, I think they're doing a great job. I think these payouts are, are completely fine and adequate. Uh, and, you know, Savage was kind of like, I'm never going to make everybody happy. Uh, people are mad that I'm only paying 15% of the prize pool to first. It's like, bro, that's, that's generous. Like, most of these big fields are paying, like, 12, sometimes yeah. 10 uh, if we look at like the the housewarming, I think they paid eight percent the first. Uh, I really care more so about where the money's being dispersed mm -hmm. than I care about like what's actually up top. And I think that all professionals and amateurs alike are are starting to view it this way. We know so much more about variance. We know so much more about ROI. We know so much about win rate that it's not really that important to anybody. There's no one single person out there who's saying like, "Well, we should reward the winner more." Right, because we just understand what it takes to win, and so much of it is out of our hands that we want to reward uh, kind of the collective that put their skill on display and make it down within the final three tables, two tables, you final know, table. You know who put their skill on display yesterday, huh? What are you talking about, man? My boy Alan Kessler. Mm. He won. He won. That's good. Alan Kessler wow. won. Alan something? Kessler won the 53 k Yep. Wow. Congrats, Alan. Shout out to Kessler. Good Let's job, go. Kessler. Is that the first tournament he's ever won? I, I, I almost <laughs> I went to go look at his head and mop earlier to see if that if that was a thing, but I did not. But um, I don't know. I haven't seen. I it. heard rumors that he's never won one, but he. Uh, I no. think it might just be bracelets. Yeah. He's finished second in a bunch of bracelets. You gotcha. Definitely. I can relate. He plays so many of those small mixed game events that he's had to have won. Yeah. A bunch. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, any other thoughts on WS or sorry, on WPT before we move on? No, I just think, um, like, I see where they're coming from, right? Because at the end of the day, they're running a produced show, and I think they want the, the big jumps at the end, right? Because it's exciting. Now someone's like, you know, it's third. Now, now third. You know, when you're down to three people, now you're playing for an eight hundred thousand pay jump. And do you think paying. that? Do you think that actually matters when it comes to the TV marketing? I don't know. They, like as a viewer, uh, do you well, do you so notice I, that? I, I don't. Um, maybe to I think to the outside audience, maybe to like someone who's like to the casual viewer, it might it might matter. Well, I guess um, the point I'm making is I not think like they obviously think it does. Yeah, but like what I'm saying is, it's not like it's on display. When you watch the production, you don't know what they're playing for. They mention it like maybe every 30 minutes, every 40 minutes. I think on every bust out as well, obviously, yeah. right? Sure. Yeah. But it's not I, like it's I in think, the forefront of your viewing no, experience. I think it is when, when you get down. Like if you're watching the main event and you're watching like the final three or four people, they, they make it pretty clear that these jumps are huge. A lot, I think. I think it's. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th I mean that's why they do it. So, um, would it be better the other way? Possibly, yeah. Like I, I, I like where you're coming from. Where you're saying, like, hey, listen, you make the top three tables, you should be rewarded because a lot of the times it's just variance at the end. For a lot of people, that's a run of a lifetime, yeah, especially in a very dense mm -hmm. satellite field. Yeah, there are so many people playing their first 10k that like mm -hmm. getting 30th would just mean the world to them. Right. Like and if you get 25th not... and you get 119, would be nice to get like a quarter million. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. Um. And, and that was something that I was kind of speaking to in the, in the payout table I suggested. Uh, yeah, the, my, my last point with it is just that um, I'm not so sure that the, the fanfare around the pay jumps matter. I don't know that it really gets marketed that way. And you get very numb to it by the time everybody's making a million anyway. Like mm -hmm. when you look at the WSP final table and eighth place is a million dollars. It's like, what the fuck do I care if they're gambling for a 100K pay jump or a million dollar pay jump? It doesn't really matter. They're all yeah. have more money than most of us watching could, yeah, true. could fathom. 
And it's like if this is the only thing we're complaining, not even complaining about, just suggesting that yeah. just shows how great of an event they put. Well, on. that's the thing is I don't want I don't want this to to poo poo the event no, because it of doesn't. Not. No, what I want what I want yeah. to point out is that like they literally got everything right and they're in a power position to mm-hmm. potentially set a new standard. Yeah. Right. Whereas like sometimes with the WSOP, they're putting out so many fires that the last thing they want to do is try to upset people by changing payout structures. Right. But in, inevitably, they upset people anyway. Mm-hmm. That's why my messaging to Savage was like, look, I don't, I'm not suggesting you try to do things to make people happy. Right. Because oftentimes, the person who innovates the best for the, the betterment of the community at large is not going to get recognized mm-hmm. uh, for their efforts out of the gate. Yeah. It's going to take some time for people to realize like, oh, us just paying like 30 people a large lump sum of money is better for the entire community mm-hmm. than us paying three people a large sum of money large lump sum of money right for sure and i think everyone would agree like they'd be like oh, i would happily take three million to first where i know i'm getting a quarter million up right tables stars did a pretty good job of this in the past uh on on the sunday millions like i can remember as we were getting closer and closer to black friday like first place just kept getting smaller and smaller as the prize pool ballooned yeah. it's like how's it still only 100k to first when they have like three million in the prize pool now and it's you know they they kept their their they kept their fish on the hook. Mm-hmm. They keep people coming back for more. All right. Are you dig ready? In. Is it time? Let's dig in. All right. It's time. Uh, we are no going. <laughs> no drum roll for this. No drum roll. Uh, yeah, that's, that's restricted for Weekend Warrior. That's, that's Guapo's clue. clue. <laughs> <laughs> Guapo's going to be like, I don't have it. What are you doing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mess that one up. Sorry, boys. Uh, so we are going to talk about the uh, Hustler Live also casino live uh investigation report that came out yesterday now we spoke about it in passing yesterday because i hadn't quite looked at it yet uh and all i had glanced at was the press release and the press release basically says um high stakes poker production announces results of investigation into hustler casino live hand uh cyber private investigative firms and hustler casino found no evidence of wrongdoing in controversial jack jack forehand uh high stakes poker or or sorry, high stakes poker production announced the numerous improvements to stream security. And then they went on to kind of like very loosely detail what those th- two things are. Now, they didn't lie in that press release. That actually was true. Nobody found any evidence of wrongdoing in the particular hand. Specifically, I, I think their language was very specific there. And they are announcing uh, improvements to stream security. So both of those things are true. Uh, and can't blame them for spinning the press release that way but upon further review and digging into the actual audit itself um the bulletproof company that was hired actually uh, i think they did a very thorough job for what it's worth uh so i i know that we've all kind of like been shrugging saying like oh shock no nothing was found it's like well uh yeah when you investigate yourself you're not going to find anything for a lot of reasons and we'll probably never know what actually happened on that hand for a myriad of other reasons however this is no fault of bulletproof who was hired to investigate the technology at play i actually think upon reading the review or the report rather that they did a great job auditing all potential weak points they did a great job uh, giving feedback and uh, being forthright with the places that hcl was vulnerable and surprise, surprise, it's all the fucking things that we said <laughs> for a month, which is really frustrating to me because Vertucci came on this podcast and basically, you know, said that I, I was drumming up fear and that there was no reason for them to shut down and that, uh, you know, why did I have a, a bone to pick with them, yada, yada, yada. But when we start to come through this report, I think it'll become incredibly evident as to why they should have shut down immediately and how easy of a fucking fix it was for everything. They literally could have fixed everything over a weekend. Not even necessarily having to shut down. They could have taken one week off to get all of this right. Um, now, with that said, we still would have never found anything on the Jack Forehand. And the big reason for that is, number one, the cybersecurity team wasn't hired until 15 days or, or sorry, they didn't begin their investigation and audit until 15 days after the incident occurred, which if anything nefarious was happening, like uh, we'll never know what Ryan and Nick know, right? Like mm-hmm. they're running the company. They know how this spins good, bad, or indifferent for them. Uh, if, if ever, 
if they found a marked card or anything along those lines that indicated there might have been cheating, it, it's it's no issue whatsoever over that 15 time 15 day time span to make a call and say like, well, what's better for our brand? being forthright or just making this disappear, right? And that's not an accusation. That's just no, right. an obvious observation where that time gap matters a fucking ton right. whenever we're talking about a potential uh, security vulnerability, right? Um, so the first thing I want to examine is uh, the thoroughness by which Bulletproof operated their investigation. So they uh, presented the table of the potential vectors through which uh the live stream could have been attacked and uh these are all the ones that we have discussed at length uh and all the ones that the community at large thought or speculated uh cheating could have occurred now for anybody who's been following along from our channel uh we dismissed a lot of these that they also dismissed as complex or highly complex so first and foremost uh the likelihood that the table was compromised was near zero and they also uh kind of said that it's a complex uh, it's a complex thing to try to hack. Same thing with the RFID, right? We said from the beginning, the idea of somebody bringing in an RFID reader is near zero because it doesn't have the uh, capacity to um, to read beyond uh, a certain certain scope. And that in and of itself would make it incredibly challenging. But even if somebody was only trying to read their cards to build out uh, a database of the serial numbers, that process is very... Uh, intensive as well and requires just a lot of effort uh, a lot of parties involved and there are just much easier ways to cheat so we can see that that's also highly complex the card shuffler was the big unknown because we didn't nobody had access to it and it's hidden so we can never like look on camera and figure out if it was a deckmate one or a deckmate two yeah. they came out in the report said the card shuffler was in fact a deckmate one therefore nothing nefarious could have happened there that's good yeah, for anybody who's unfamiliar with Deckmate 1 verse 2, the difference is that Deckmate 2 has a camera installed in it, which allows it to sort the deck however the programmer sees fit, and that's hackable. Um, most, most places that are trying to do their due diligence will take the camera out if they plan on using a Deckmate 2. So if you wanted to, you could put, the, you could put a, a shuffle deck into the Deckmate 2, program it to just have Ace through King. Yep, no, it would no, sort no. it. You, you, can, you can program whatever well, literally whatever you want whatever you want right? yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's hackable and everything else but why is that even a thing because it's much much faster and for casinos it's much more efficient right <clears throat> it's only a bad it's only a problem if it gets in the hands of somebody nefarious right in a casino that's overseen by uh, why is it faster why is the camera much more <clears throat> the, the camera doesn't make it faster deckmate twos are just built faster understood gotcha. now why does the camera make it any good for a casino the 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 camera allows it to sort. It allows it to sort. It allows it to know if a card's missing and that. All kind of these stuff. things, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if if you have the oversight of somehow uh, there's two uh, three clubs right, in there, the exactly. Or something like that. Yeah. If you have the oversight of gaming and you have the oversight of all right. these layers of security, like it's a non-issue. Look, n your yeah. your your patrons are never going to get access. It's kind of like to a it. give and take. It's yeah. like it's like you, on one hand, it it makes everything faster, secure. You know that you have a, a good deck and everything. On the other hand, it could be hackable. Yes. Uh, compromised in some way. Correct. But, you know, when you're talking about the casino level, it's uh, nearly impossible with all the cameras and uh, Big Brother type mm -hmm. activity. It would be almost impossible for a low-level employee to hack it. Right. So, like, the idea that uh, a dealer would somehow, like, finagle, uh, it, almost impossible. Now, middle to upper management, sure, because these things are stored in a room somewhere. Like, if they were in the room and they were... Uh, creating a hackable batch of them, but then you'd have to whatever. It would be so far fetched, right? Highly so, complex, right? So in a in a, in a casino environment, yes. uh, Deckmate twos are almost certainly trustworthy. Uh, and I understand that Hustler is a casino environment, but understand that they are not regulated the same. Specifically, HCL, yeah. right? Uh, California Gaming just doesn't give a shit about poker. So um, you know, if something nefarious was going on there. Uh, this would be susceptible, but it's a deckmate one. So they they did their they did their due diligence here. Uh, mm -hmm. So not an issue. Good. Um, next is the first thing that we pointed to: the production booth and operations. Uh, this was uh, a very easy uh, thing to to um, circumvent, as they showed. Uh, we'll get into the details of that later, but effectively known information or sorry uh sensitive information was known by 
upwards of a dozen people at any given time. Uh, there were reports of them stress testing the current system as it was. And basically the conclusion was literally even if uh, a commentator was walking to take a piss, he could have seen real-time info. Yeah. Uh, huge problem. The second one, which was uh, where a lot of the speculation came from, was the network, the PC, the workstations, and systems. And again, this was easily compromised. We'll discuss those details as we get to it, but basically there was zero protection. The computers were not segregated from the room. They were accessible by all. Uh, there was no um, updated antivirus, malware protection, spyware protection, none of that stuff. Now, they ultimately found that uh, by using cyber forensics, that none of it was never compromised. Right. There were no Trojans, there were no Correct. malware. They found that, we have to trust that, of course, but the fact that the vulnerability existed is a problem in and of itself. Um, and then finally, the communications. Now, this was one that I was speculating on because I didn't know the system that they were utilizing. They basically said that it's complex uh, for, because they were using a two-way comm system or a one-way comm system, and the frequency by which they were operating on required uh, special technology in order to uh not anybody with a with a walkie-talkie or or just a, a comm or a cb or, or CB anything like that right into it and, that's and that's my understanding that's uh right but again i'm trusting them on that right i haven't done mm -hmm. my due diligence to do more research uh they did list what the technology was that they were using the name of it i can't recall off the top of my head um <clears throat> andre would be a good person to go to for this because he works with that kind yeah uh i did i did ask him and they he has used that technology in the past mm -hmm. but he wasn't sure uh if he wasn't sure if it was uh on the same frequencies as like you know uh a, a walkie-talkie or whatever i'm sure that they did their due, due diligence and stress tested this but again uh, this is a point of vulnerability where it's like, I personally would like to to know myself mm -hmm. and I think I have access to the equipment. So it's something that I'll probably test in the future. Uh, in any event, uh, it seems like they concluded that that was a very low probability area of weakness, uh, which is fine because the, the point is the areas that we thought were the most vulnerable were the ones that were most vulnerable. And the areas in which those vulnerabilities could turn into cheating still remain. There was still a, a person who stole money off of her stack and according to the warrant also stole money from HCL that had access to real-time info. What was done with that? We don't know, right? But the point is, is that vulnerability did exist and there are a lot of, let's call them red flags that surround around the third man theory. Listen, okay. Um, I don't want to throw us off track real quick, but yep. I do have a question about that. Sure. How did Brian get 5K from HCL? We don't know. I just saw on the on the arrest warrant that they also. Yeah, I saw that too, but I just, I was so like Wait, what thrown off. I don't know what you're talking about. So apparently Brian stole um, 5K from HCL as well. According to the arrest on warrant. On top of the 15K yes. off of Robbie's stack. Yeah, so according to the arrest warrant, it was not just Robbie pressing charges, but also HCL mm. for a 5K okay. theft. But we don't know what that 5K theft was. Or. You know where it came from sounds like uh, he stole a chip that was not in play or something maybe i mean I, i'm well, speculating obviously no yeah, of course. that seems like the most where, logical thing. yeah but where are 5k chips not in play only in behind the register like the cashier mm. right like yeah. there's no 5k chips there's no like fuck no bank for like hcl like right everything's behind the cashier yeah so I was well notice it was uh it was either high stakes poker production or hgl i'm not sure if they're separate companies but one of them are the ones that press charges not hustler casino gotcha so that probably matters right, i would assume yeah, yeah um okay getting into the report let's talk about uh the actual report as opposed to the press release so the press release said that there was no foul play found in the jack forehand the report however says the assessment of HCL systems and security controls are inconclusive in determining if cheating occurred. That's a big, big word, <laughs> guys. A big fucking word mm -hmm. that is very casually skirted over. Right. Right? There's a huge difference between no cheating was found versus inconclusive. Yes. And uh, this, is what gives, this is what gives me a lot of... Uh, peace of mind with regards to bulletproof as a third-party auditor that sentence in and of itself 
speaks to them doing their due diligence and saying like, hey, it was fucking possible because you were vulnerable in these five ways. And logically speaking, there's an easy connect the dot path here that took advantage of these vulnerabilities. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now they're not saying that I'm, I'm obviously inferring that from, from my interpretation, but what's most specific to pay attention to here is that the, re- the report does not say there was no cheating found in this hand. It doesn't, it also doesn't say that there was cheating found in this hand. So I'm not trying to sway anybody's opinion one way or the other. I'm just trying to say that we do not have an answer. Right. It's inconclusive. That's where we're at. And that's where we're going to remain. I'm very confident. I've been saying this for weeks, if not months. We will never know what happened. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, they go on to explain what I just said. It should be noted that a lack of evidence does not imply cheating did or did not occur. Yada, yada, yada. Of course. Like that's, that's all lawyer speak. You, yeah. Like how can you figure something out when you just like walked in 15 days later? Like if there was a crime committed, obviously it's going to be covered up immediately. It's just like, well, maybe, I mean, you know, there's nothing, there's no reason to assume that HCL wants there to be a crime, right? No, no. You know what I mean? So it's like you, you, we, we don't have to assume that they're bad actors. Right. Uh, and, and you shouldn't assume that they're bad actors. If anything, we should give them the benefit of the doubt that they are good actors and did everything above board. But there are things to point to in this report that indicate slightly otherwise, right? Um, so uh, if, you, if you look uh, at the next statement, it says, Bulletproof was able to recover key elements from September 29th. Example, programs ran, USB keys plugged in, software installed. Upon inspection of the systems, table, and network, there was no evidence of tampering, remote access, viruses, rogue hardware installed, or previously installed programs on the machines that are used daily. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, that was... That was our lowest probability of how cheating occurred. We thought that there might be a Trojan. We thought that somebody, a third party might have access to real-time info via uh, infiltrating the system, right? So we understand that that did not happen. Notice what they don't talk about, though. There's no talk about the cards. There's no discussion about the personnel, right? So they did no investigative uh, recovery or um, internal investigation on the actual personnel themselves because that's not their expertise they're they're not detectives right and they never once mentioned in the entire report having the cards turned over to them that's very important to me mm-hmm. because the lowest form of cheating would just Mark be card. marking the cards with invisible ink wearing orange glasses and fucking seeing what everybody has specifically uh, you know when we first watched this what was the first thing what was the literal, most logical thing that we all said what are the likely happened? No, what no, no. Hands? Before the glasses, what, like, what, what did we think may have occurred that would allow Robbie to have called off there? What, Mark cards? Or well, that she saw the cards or she knew the cards. Exactly. She saw cards. That she rubbernecked. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, 100%. The first thing well, that everybody deferred mm-hmm. to is like, oh, she must have rubbernecked. Yeah. And now it becomes a matter of like, is this actually cheating or does Garrett need to protect his hand? Right. I wrote that off because I thought Garrett, there was no way Garrett like ever... I mean, everybody makes mistakes. Right, he's human. She's kind of far away, though, also. She was like... <laughs> She's the two, eight he's the eight. Yeah, just... Uh, I mean, like, you know, shit happens. But the whole point is, like, our logical brain just immediately goes to the most probable outcome, right? This is this is Occam's razor. I never pronounce that word well, right. Who's razor? Occam's razor. I'm not using is his razor. Is there no S? Occam's. Occam's. Occam's razor. Mm, okay. In my head, it's OCCS. I mean, I'm not 100%. But I think you're correct. It just cor- sounds right to me. I think you're correct. Andy will let us know. Andy, Andy will let us know. I think us. you're correct, though. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the most logical solution, right? Like, the easiest way is there isn't some big elaborate cheating scandal if this hand is, in fact, not on the up and up. It's just something as simple as like, oh, she could see his cards. Okay, well, what's, what's the derivative of that? The cards are marked, right? Why were the cards never examined? This is certainly a part of the technology. Yeah. Right? Why is that not in the report? Mm-hmm. There's no way that was just overlooked, right? I, I mean, maybe it was because they didn't explicitly say they didn't examine the cards. Do, I wonder, like, to the extent of uh, what kind of access they had to the cards. Like, like, like you said they continue to use the cards. What happened to the cards after uh, that, the, the day? So, Vertucci said after the session, but he said this many days after the fact, so who knows? But he said after the session, the cards were removed from play 
mm-hmm. and, and segregated. And segregated. From, okay, then then they should be like, okay, these are the cards that are in play. We could look at them. But if they just threw them in a box with a bunch of other decks, then we don't know which. Well, so I heard many conflicting things too, right? Uh, And I don't recall what came from the horse's mouth. So at the time, I was speaking to Vertucci directly, and I don't remember what he actually said to me. So I'm not going to put words in his mouth. Mm -hmm. But whether it was from him directly or from people like around the 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 whatever, he and Ryan were the ones auditing the cards, right? And what I do know for a fact to be true is that they they have always audited the cards and continue to audit the cards moving forward. So they don't have card control. Every other place that you play, the casino handles the cards. Yeah. You go to live at the bike, you go to poker, go, you go to WPT, uh, every single one of them. Uh, it, it's a casino personnel that is handling the cards at hustler. It's Ryan. And you know, I don't know if Nick ever works that role, but whoever's in production handles mm-hmm. the cards. Yeah. That's a problem, right? That that's, that's obviously a huge problem because now there's no oversight. Yeah. The, the whole point isn't that uh, the casino is more trustworthy than the production agency. It's that by creating a, a, a separation here and some level of checks and balances, it becomes harder for anything to go, go wrong or for people to infiltrate, right? If the difference is... Uh, so effectively, like if our trust all has to be in Ryan and he just decides one day that he wants to be a bad person and rob everybody... He has full autonomy to do that, right? But if he has to go through card control in order to manipulate the deck, now he has to find a way to either manipulate somebody on that mm-hmm. side of things to come to his side or figure out a way to manipulate the deck without them ever being any the wiser, right? So you just create layers of complexity to cheat. That's it. You, you want to remove the God mode. Right. You want to take away the idea that we have to put full implicit trust into one singular human being yes. or even a couple of human beings, right? Because it's not that hard to get a gang together, like especially if you're hiring your friends or, you know, whatever the case may be. Like I would never, ever, ever want to create a system where you had to like whoever the outside looking in was had to fully entrust me. And if not me, the only other layers of trust were you, somebody that I've known since I was eight. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, Conrad, who's been living with me for half a decade. Right. It's like, that's not the way these things work. Mm-hmm. You know, you take a third, a third party entity that has no dog in the fight. Right. And you give them a responsibility and say, trust it with your life, you know, because like you are our layer of protection and you should want to do that. I would want to do that. Yes. I want right. my ass covered. Right. Always. Always. Um, the last point uh, to talk about from this first uh, screenshot that I think is a very important one is exactly what we're speaking to now, which is the trust aspect of the system. And they said, all systems require one or more trusted individual to manage and run the system. There should always be a minimum of two trusted individuals with administrator access for redundancy and security purposes. So they're suggesting what I'm saying is that there should be multiple people within the frame uh, or within the scope of uh, the, the hierarchy that oversee one another. That way, it can't all fall on one. But the problem is that the way that they are set up internally, that's not feasible. So the idea of like, if you say, like saying there should be a minimum of two trusted individuals with administrator access for redundancy and security purposes is not enough. You need to be more explicit because if those two people are, for instance, Ryan and Brian, who's on the run, I mean, I'm using him as a, for instance, because, you know, three months ago, Ryan may have just trusted him, right? Mm-hmm. If it's those two, they're not checking and balancing one another. They, they, there's a huge power dynamic there, right? Like Ryan hired Brian as an intern right. and then elevated him to now, like uh, obviously I'm not saying that uh, that's, those are the two trusted people, but my whole point is like the other extreme would be it's, it's Ryan and Nick. It's like, well, it can't be them. They're business partners in this venture. They have the exact same interest. You need people with conflicting interest, right? The casino has a different interest than the production agency. And like, you should have oversight there. Right. That's the whole point. Yeah. But this notion that all systems require one or more trusted individuals to manage and run the system is fucking wrong. It's just false. It, it's true with the way that they continue to operate. But we saw the update from Poker GFX and Andrew Milner that has allowed the system to become trustless. They can run a production 
where nobody has real-time information. Right. We need to trust no one in that instance. That's the major system. Sure. sure. Does one person have to be trusted to register the cards? Yes. Does one person have to be trusted to house the cards? Yes. But again, this can happen at the casino level, right? We can create separation of power here right. and, and have oversight and create good protocols so that if something ever does come into question again, we can immediately point to that system and say, where was there a potential breach? And was there a failure? Because now we immediately know who the, who the, the person to blame is, right? As it's currently set up, where Ryan is the one taking on the full mode of trust, he's overseeing the cards. He's overseeing the production. We're fully trusting him to be on the up and up. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. We're all going to have egg on our face, mm-hmm. right? Even if he has no intention of ever doing anything bad. Right. When something goes wrong, when something gonna goes look, wrong, look to him. Right. We're going right. to look to him. And, and he should not want that either. Like agreed. you said, he should not want that, that responsibility. Yeah. I, I think that it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a very strange um, stubbornness mm-hmm. to forego change in a situation where you have the opportunity to get it right. Now, with that said, they did get a lot of things right. Uh, so I'm going to skip ahead here, Guapo, to I think the third slide. Um, and it's uh, identifying the top risks that Bulletproof identified. So uh, whenever you start to look at the top risks, we see a very short list of all non-streaming machines are connected to a private network that has no internet access but could be joined to the wireless network by a logged-in user. So that was obviously a problem because it made them vulnerable to anybody who had uh, wireless access to that network. They could have installed, uh, you know, screen sharing, whatever. Something as simple as TeamViewer would have done the trick. Now, they claim that none of that stuff was installed, so uh, we got lucky. Um, But they need to sure up that security, obviously. Uh, The user and passwords are shared amongst staff, and staff has full administrator access to the system. Again, this is just, you know creating a a recipe for disaster when you are giving full access to anybody involved it's like it's like allowing uh free-flowing traffic into your production room to watch the cards in hold in real time right like you just can't ever allow that uh the antivirus license is expired no tracking of users actions and internet access stored in a log file so they kept no log of who was in the room who had access to uh information who had access to the computers that housed the servers those servers obviously still were not segregated as we complained about uh the system bios is not password protected which means that people can infiltrate uh the um the the uh the os as well as the the software installed on the the computer without much detection Uh, No website tracking or user access control is utilized. So again, no idea to know uh, what type of activity is taking place on the machine. And then finally, non-commercial grade network gear and router used, uh, which lacks features for network security, segmentation, and logging. So uh, there was a lot of technical problems with uh, what they had set up. Now, uh, I want to double back. I, I, I glossed over this, but... Uh, I, I want to double down on what we were just talking about, the trustless system. So they are un, so where they've corrected all these things that we just mentioned, right? They, they corrected the, the, the network issues. They corrected um, the, the Wi-Fi and the network gear. They've corrected all of that. All of the security has been corrected, I assume, anyway. Uh, the antivirus li- license, they've updated all of this stuff, right? They made sure that the server has become a lot more bulletproof. What they're unwilling to move on is this notion that Ryan uh, should not have real-time information. Because of the production quality of the stream, some of these security features are bypassed on purpose. Most notably, the whole cards are displayed in real-time, which is necessary for the mixing process with focus player sound and split camera views. That's bullshit. (laughs) You You don't need to see the cards in order to know who's in a hand. Right. You don't need to see the cards in order to know who to focus on. As a, all you need to do is follow the fucking action. Yeah, a guy. Uh, yeah, someone four bets. You're gonna put the camera. on Every that. other stream house <laughs> in the world follows this without real time info. Right. Poker Go, uh, Share Hands, Live at the Bike, all of them. 
And if you're going to argue that it's a production issue, like, sure, you can point your finger at Live the Bike and say they don't do as good of a job, but you're not going to point the finger at Poker Go and Share Hands, who's putting on one of the most beautiful fucking productions I've ever seen in my life yeah. with this WPT event, yeah. and say, like, oh, they don't do it as well as us because yeah. they don't have real-time info. Right. That's fucking bullshit. And it's a huge, huge red flag yeah. as to why the owner of this production company who runs this stream daily that has seven figures on the table five days a week does not <laughs> want to give up the autonomy of controlling production without whole card information. Why? I don't have the answer to that, Matt. I can just speculate. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, to me, like this is just raw arrogance yeah it's just bullshit it's yeah. just like come on like there's a way to fucking cover like you can literally just say okay this can never happen just by clicking this one button you just figure out the rest yeah mm -hmm. uh, it's just bullshit it, yeah. the, the the problem to me is that it's a spit in the face to the community of saying fuck you you'll watch anyway and they're right mm. they're absolutely right yeah so because of that and because nobody is going to stop tuning in because it's not their money at risk Right, and because the lineups are decent, and nobody's going to stop playing. Even Garrett said he's open to coming back to Hustler. He did. That's a mistake, in my opinion. I agree. A huge mistake. If you're going to come back to Hustler, you pay back the fucking money. Oh yeah, hundred and ten. You hundred percent pay back the money to Robbie. Yeah. As a minimum, because you're saying you trust these upgrades. You trust that nobody on the back end was involved. You trust that Ryan should get real time whole card information moving forward. Because in spite of all the vulnerabilities that we've outlined that were clearly available for cheating, despite the fact that they have an employee on the run from the law who stole money off of Robbie's stack, despite all of that, you're willing to come back and work it out. Okay. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> you then are making the statement you do not believe anything nefarious occurred. Right. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Fine. If you truly believe that, then apologize, walk it all back, and pay back the money. I agree. I, ho I wholeheartedly Yeah, you agree. can't do that and, like, 50% do it. Like, you just got to mm -hmm. fall out. Like, I, I personally am still... There's still just too, too much wrong with this picture. For me to just like confidently say nothing occurred i would like to second that there are just way too many fucking security holes here and i'm not mm -hmm. saying that robbie cheated i'm not even saying the hand was cheated right. i do think the hand is like it's unexplainable it's to clear me. that it was it was possible that's my problem it, right is not only was it possible but it was like highly possible yes yeah. like it could not have been much done. effort it could have been done with not much effort but that doesn't mean it was done correct right doesn't mean it doesn't mean she cheated it just means that it could have happened. And the big thing is, it's not like we're lacking further evidence. There's a mm -hmm. fucking guy who had real-time information yeah. from their room who stole money. Mm -hmm. This doesn't add up to right. me, man. Like, it just doesn't add up. Nothing sounds right, man. Uh, the, okay. last, the last thing I want to highlight from the report is uh, the critical risks that uh, they identified with the room setup and broadcast operations. So I'm beating a dead horse here, but I really want to drive it home because this is just negligence. No other stream house has these problems. And this, again, was sheer and utter arrogance to set your room up this way and think that it was no big deal. Uh, so number one, the live cards can be seen by anybody in the production room just by turning their head. And I think that's being generous, <laughs> right? Like from everything that I've been told, you didn't have to do much effort to, to see anything and everything. Uh, this was tested and observed during a show from the production room. However, the live hole card and community cards could not be seen from the commentator room, even if the curtain was open. Can you imagine after Postle creating a commentary room where you think a curtain is getting mm -hmm. the fucking job done? Yeah. Like how are we, how are we even having this discussion? This is so blatantly disrespectful to the idea and notion of security i mean like it would be hard to set up a less secure uh setup in your own fucking home it would be challenging <laughs> challenging to present a less secure operation in your own fucking home it, it, it's crazy when when i when i worked the the uh wpt live stream with with uh with andre and them, it was and Bloppa was there too um production and everything was they were in the garage they were literally in the garage, and then we were, we were doing the graphics upstairs, and we had the real-time info. We were up, we were, like, upstairs, like, outside the garage, upstairs, in a locked room, in a bedroom locked room, with, you know, obviously surrendering all our, uh, you know, electronics and stuff. And, like, it was so secure, where, like, this is, like, you have a curtain. 
<laughs> right. Right. Go, Bob. Uh, I was just going to reiterate what Brian was saying. I mean, Andre and the rest of the guys actually had to just sweat to death inside the garage because there was no air. But mm -hmm. in order to keep things safe, yeah, they were what, they were in a very very uncomfortable. Do. I mean, we were position. carrying two hundred pound equipment upstairs, locking doors. Uh, we were away from the commentating booth. I mean, it was it was locked it's, up. It's very very important. <laughs> when you are gambling for seven figures mm -hmm. and you're running a production house like this, it's incredibly important to create checks and balances and separations of, of any sort of communication, yeah. right? You just have to segregate important elements of the production. Right. And that's inconvenient when you're confined to a space, I understand. But like, don't have commentators then. I don't care what you do to fix it. But, <laughs> but don't do this. Right. And like the fact that everybody's just okay with letting it skate, letting them operate for months without changing this is insane to me. Uh, number two, the announcer was observed leaving the production area to use the facilities during play. As a result, he could have seen the live cards on the live production streams. No shit. We know that. Uh, as a correction, what they've done is all workstations were turned around so that the computer screens cannot be viewed from the rest of the room. Only one monitor now displays the whole cards and it can be viewed by the director only, which is Feldman. A door was installed. Imagine that a door didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> the server was fucking in there with no network security at all. Mm -hmm. None. The entire staff and then some had the passwords and keys to get into the computer. Like, I understand I'm trusting them to be a good cyber forensic team. And find that there was no Trojans and nothing was, was infiltrated on the computer. But Jesus Christ, man, there wasn't a door? <laughs> there wasn't a door separating you from the mm -hmm. room and the server? Yeah. A door! <laughs> With a knob. With a knob. I mean, when, when you go to Poker Go, you have to, you have to enter a code to get into the room and it logs it. They know everybody that's in and out. Mm -hmm. Why are we treating this like it's just some fucking rinky dink little startup out of a out of a garage like last friday had four million dollars on the table millions of dollars what are yeah. we doing yeah that's pretty wild i know that i get like fired up about this and i think that everybody thinks i have like this this like bone to pick with hustler i don't give it's not hustler if anybody else was doing this i would be equally as angry i play high stakes i want to play safe fucking games yeah. you know how many games i've been cheated in right and a lot, a lot of those are my fault because i'm willing to take a a, a I'm willing to take a big risk to play in a soft lineup, but you live and you learn and like you stop doing it at some point. We just keep fucking showing up to this. Why? Because it's on TV and we don't think that they would do it right in front of our face. This is insanity. You have to demand more from these people. Yeah, They're sure. earning off our backs. And it's like, yeah, as a response, we get good entertainment and we get soft lineups, but make them fucking earn our, our, our patron, uh, mm -hmm. not the right word. Yep. <laughs> make, them, make them earn our business basically. Yes. Yep. Um, Okay, I mean, so. think, think of before all this happened. Like, you have no bone to pick with with, with Hustler. We loved Hustler. We, we, you were on Hustler. We loved watching the streams. Like, it's super entertaining. We're like, they're crushing it. This is so cool. This is great for poker. And then, like, this happens, and it's like, of course, we're gonna be critical of these of these things. Yeah, well, yeah. The final statement I want to read from the report, and again, like, this was just not put out in the press release. While no direct evidence of cheating was found. Bulletproof found that cheating with the September 29th setup was in fact possible. That's a, that's just a bullet statement, right? That's, that's a statement that everybody should hear. It's a statement that should ring true for everyone, especially Alex Jacob. I know you're listening. I know you're out there. When the forensic team tells you that cheating was possible, stop saying that it's hundred percent not right. Right. Like, look, we got into a huge Twitter beef today. And the only reason that I'm even engaging him... You did? Him, I missed it. <laughs> never did I think I would be fighting a celebrity... Uh, or, sorry, fighting a Jeopardy champion on logical fallacies in discussion. Yeah, I only know because the, <laughs> the chat is fucking requested a Kate's fight between... Bro, it's wild. <laughs> it's, it's just simply wild. He's calling for everyone's head who's at all skeptical of, of this hand, of the play, of the setup... And I just keep reiterating, look, man, we have all of our attention on security because it's a problem that can be solved. We have all of our attention on HCL because they're culpable in this. We have all of our attention on getting this remedied moving forward. And he's like, you have a platform. If you don't absolutely come out and say that Robbie J. Lude is innocent, you are doing a disservice to her. Imagine if you were in her shoes. It's like, that's not what the report bro, says. 
bro, like, she might be innocent. I'm, like, barely on the side of for sure cheating. Like, I think I'm, like, 60-40 that this doesn't pass the stink test yeah, to me. It's even hard to quantify. Like, people say 60-40. It's just, like, you don't know. Right. You don't know. You, yeah, maybe you're 60-40. Like, that, that's... It, it, it doesn't matter. It. There's some, there's you a, just don't know. The problem is that it could have happened. Right. And that's what, that's yeah, what, right. that's what we can try that's to like, fix. All you can do is, as more information comes out, use Bayesian reasoning and, and come to the conclusion of, like, okay, like, it's more or less probable that something bad happened. Hmm. Right. And that's all I've been doing the whole, it, it's so crazy to me. And I guess it's because uh, we spoke about it like a lot more than someone like Doug, but Doug moved from 99% sure that she cheated to like 96%. And, <laughs> and like, I see Robbie tweeting like, oh, Doug and I are fine, man. We're great. And it's like, yeah. the fuck? Fuck you, Berkey. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me, I guess. Yeah. Like I, I, I so quickly moved off of the narrative of like, of like she did or did not cheat or Garrett should or should not give the money back to yeah. immediately turning my eye to like what matters the most. And I've been, I've been carrying that torch from, you know, maybe day five yeah. from when I said a hustler should shut down. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's not paying attention to that notion, they are just willfully turning a blind eye yeah, or willingly turning a blind eye because uh, I, I don't think any of this has anything to do with cheating anymore. It has everything to do with how we move forward and what we can do to remedy these streams and hold them all accountable rather than just blindly trusting that when we show up with hundreds of thousands of dollars of our own money, that it's just safe because they say it's safe. So moving forward, what we're going to have the luxury of is anybody who uses the poker GFX system should be utilizing the no peak feature that Andrew Milner just executed, right? If they are in fact doing that, we can now test as players by keeping our hands off of the reader until the hand ends. Do you think um, Poker GFX will come out and say who does use it and who doesn't? I'm not sure. I, I hope that they do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if, pretty cool. If, if I like can encourage Andrew to do so, I hope so. But I think as uh, I, I imagine it's tough for him. I was going to say, does he have that information? Well, I'm sure it would be yeah. very easy for him to create uh, a, an API where... Uh, it knows what are you doing. Yeah. I think, I think it's nice to know as, as players. Like... It is. It, it is for nice. sure. But you have to remember that he's selling a product to uh, to other businesses, and mm -hmm. how transparent they want to be isn't really his responsibility. Yeah, but I also think that he doesn't want his product being used in any nefarious ways. So you're right. That is also uh, true. You're right. But again, the the onus falls on the stream house to be transparent, not on Andrew to force them to be. Yeah, I understand. Right. Right. So it's like we it, it, they don't even have to be transparent. We can just test it ourselves. Yeah. The next time I play live at the bike, I'm not going to let my hands read. Yeah. Right. And if they say, put your hand on the reader before the hand ends, it's like, fuck you, fix your system. <laughs> right? And it's like, I already, I've, I already know that they're using uh, a, a system where they don't see whole cards in real time. Right. But this is the way that they can make it trustless. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, I know that to be true, but other players may not. So just toggle the fucking switch on so that we can, in fact, know that it's trustless. That's so massive. Right. And we should just hold people to that standard because it's so low. It's such a low bar. Of just like, hey, do this one simple thing where I know that you aren't possibly uh, utilizing information against me. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. all I'm asking. You know, just, you know, make it safe. I'm not asking for a lot here. Um, I, I know that, like, this has been a very long tangent, but there were a lot of upgrades made to, uh, to their system. So most everything that we discussed that was vulnerable all the way from the beginning of this entire investigation, all the way until now where it's been confirmed that the things we believe to be vulnerable were in fact vulnerable. Most of that has been corrected. Which is good. To some degree. I don't know that flipping monitors around is necessarily a correction. Uh, there's no mention of uh, the cards being controlled by a third party, as I mentioned, which I think is still a problem. Yeah. There's no mention of the server itself being segregated from the production room, which again, I think is a problem. But again not the worst thing in the world. They did, in fact, increase the security on the server computer itself. They did, in fact, uh, reduce the amount of people who have access to real-time info. They did, in fact, segregate the, commentaries, uh, the commentators from the production room with a wall, I guess, instead of a curtain. Uh, they did, in fact, put a door on their production room. So these things we know to be true. That is a big upgrade in peace of mind. Uh, we do know that it's a Deckmate 1, not a Deckmate 2. That's very important as well. Uh, we do know that 
they are going to continue to consult with bulletproof forensics uh, moving forward. So I believe something in the report said uh, either annually or uh, quarterly, they will continue to have their system audited uh, by bulletproof. So they're retaining them basically as a consultant, which I think is very critical moving forward and very much appreciated uh, moving forward. Uh, there was a lot more in the in the um, in the report that I don't want to dig through too much, but basically they tested a lot of the ways that could have been cheated, like using the tens unit as we suspected was on her hip, uh, and basically it came up like uh, inconclusive. So it, it it basically read it depends on where the person is using the remote to signal her. Mm -hmm. Like if they're behind uh, an object, they could only be fifteen feet away, but if they're not behind an object, they could be as far as thirty feet away. That's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll never know. Um, and again, like, I don't think that this is about getting to the bottom of the hand any longer. Uh, we'll just never know. And I think that it's reasonable to just move on from that. Um, but I don't think it's reasonable to move on from the security scrutinizing until we actually get it shored up in very simple ways. We're not making suggestions that can't be implemented tomorrow, right? Uh, we're just making suggestions that seem to be ignored for the sake of fuck you. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is a big problem. Got anything? And on that note, we gotta go play, man! We do. We have yeah. a day two today. Let's fucking go, baby! Very Half the people in this room have a chance at 1.4 million. Uh, I have 1. to tell 4. you, <laughs> I was... 4.1. When I say 1.4? Yeah. yeah. Dyslexic. I'll take 1.4. Take 1.4? What is that? <laughs> That's about, uh, let's see. Uh, fifth place. Cool. Um, fifth place is. Uh, I say that now, and if I get fifth, I'm gonna be in fucking tears, man. No, you're not. I will be in tears. I, I yeah, actually, tears of joy. Both. It's both. Uh, it's both joy and and pain. It'll um, be pain for a little bit, and when when they give you the check, right? Go away. I uh, I was very sad to go through the chip counts to find my table and realize I was on page twenty of twenty five. <laughs> Doesn't matter, man. You got a bag. You got chips. I mean, that's true. Twenty five blinds and dream, baby. To, yeah. to make it feel a little bit better, it was it went by day. So it was day one C, day oh, one B, that does and make then me feel day a one bit A. Okay, okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, thank you guys all so much for tuning in. I hope that this was informative. I hope that uh, you know this helps further the the pressure that we put on these stream houses moving forward to ensure that these streams are safe and that you guys feel comfortable both watching and gambling whenever you have the opportunity to play in such an environment uh please like subscribe leave a comment let us know what you think of the whole report let us know where you stand on the safety and security of live streams moving forward. Can't wait to hear from you. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m., same time, hopefully prepping for a day three. We'll be joined by Jamie Kerstetter uh, to discuss the upcoming ladies' championship at the WPT, as well as the meetup game that will be happening on Saturday. So for all you ladies out there, if you are in Las Vegas, Nevada, be prepared to play a fun 1-3-2-5 meetup game this Saturday. Uh, the last one went off without a hitch i think this one's going to be massive just massive based off of everybody who's in town so really excited to help support that we're looking forward to having jamie on again tomorrow and until then we'll see you guys ladies good luck